I could never imagine how someone would not want to meet their child, no matter how old they are. I just, I just don't know how family can just say they don't want to meet their kid or their newfound niece or nephew or just breaks my heart. Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I am your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for not parent expected or non-paternal event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. And welcome to episode 159. At the beginning of this episode, I just wanted to share a little bit about a speaker I listened to at the Untangling Our Roots Summit last weekend. I've spoken about this summit a lot, but I will probably be speaking about it for a few more weeks because I took a lot of notes and I found so many of the speakers having really helpful information for people that have uh, have a misattributed parentage experience or have been raised with a family secret. So this particular speaker was named Megan Hunter, and she works at the High Conflict Institute, and she had a talk on high conflict personality types. And this was so helpful for me. And all of us left, a lot of MPEs and adoptees walked out of there saying, oh my gosh, that is who so-and-so is in my life. That that is such a good word for it. It's not an actual diagnosis. It's just a a type, a, a trait, someone that has high conflict behaviors and patterns. So I took a couple notes here. Um... High-conflict people um, will often blame others, have all-or-nothing thinking, have unmanaged emotions, and extreme behaviors. And These are the sort of people that say at a family function things are going pretty well, but once this person arrives, soon afterwards there are problems or people are angry, uh, the energy has changed, someone is being accused of something. Um, This might be an instance where you have a high conflict person that has just shown up. And so she gave us, um, you know, ways of dealing with their or or being aware of their patterns. Um, If you'd like to follow along, you can go to highconflictinstitute.com. But basically, there wasn't a lot of (laughs) resolution with how to handle a high-conflict person. She, Megan Hunter herself, has to unfortunately deal with a lot of divorce cases in which a high-conflict person is involved. And it was um, very challenging. But she said a lot of times you just have to stick to the facts with these people. If you are being accused of something from a high-conflict person, a lot of times you want to respond to them, especially if they're saying a lot of incorrect things. I know with me, I, when someone says something incorrect, I want to I correct them. 
And that just does not work with a high conflict person. Um, She suggested not responding at all to incorrect things and sticking just to the facts. She has a podcast with Bill Eddy. I believe he is a licensed social worker. And they have just the, oh, I love the name of this podcast. Where is it? Okay. It's called It's All Your Fault, the High Conflict People Podcast. And I will link that below. It was very helpful. But today we are going to listen to an, an NPE story. This is the NPE Stories podcast. And today I have on Stacy G. Hi, Stacy. Hi, Lily. You are an NPE, correct? Yes. I forgot to ask that before. Sometimes we have on late discovery adoptees or donor conceived people. Thank you so much for being so patient and and waiting until I finally got back to you. Oh, no, that's okay. I understand. <laughs> All right. You have heard so many of these. Um, why don't we go ahead and start with the beginning, and you can tell me who was in your family of origin and take it from there. Sure. Um, first of all, I just want to thank you so much for having this podcast and for holding space for us to tell our stories. Um, I, it's really helped me so much, and I know so many others as well, um, especially in the beginning when you're just so lost and confused and in just this world of craziness. Um, I've pretty much listened to almost every story on here, um, so I just wanted to thank you. Oh, that's nice of you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay, and a little bit about um, how I grew up. I was born in May of 1983 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So I'm about to hit the big 4-0 in a couple weeks. I had a pretty tough childhood. My parents divorced when I was a year old. As an only child, I lived with my dad during the week and spent time with my mom on the weekends. Um, I was a pretty lonely child growing up. My dad did the best he could for me, but he was more interested in drinking his beer, hanging out with his buddies and watching sports than playing with me or spending any one-on-one time with me. I sure loved him, though, and I was very much a daddy's girl. And I know he loved me with all of his heart, too, and he always made sure that I had everything that I needed, but I just lacked a lot of attention from him. Things with my mom, on the other hand, were really rough on the weekends for some time. Um, My mom has a personality disorder that was never being treated and had a horrible childhood herself and a good portion of her adulthood. She never dealt with her trauma, and, you know, as many know, if you don't deal with it, it just keeps going around until you deal with it. Um, she would get into rage type fights with her husband at the time and they would be screaming at each other and throwing things. The police were called at what seemed to be like every weekend for a while by their neighbors. I would call my dad at around midnight or 1am begging him to come pick me up, but either he wouldn't answer or just tell me that he couldn't. He told me that I should go in my room, shut the door and put on headphones and listen to music, but I couldn't do that. I was filled with so much anxiety and I was scared. I just wanted to run away. I was always my mom's best friend and confidant. As a kid, at the time, I didn't see anything wrong with being her confidant. I just wanted to always make sure she was happy and that I was there for her, and hopefully that would prevent her from getting into any fights or screaming matches with her husband. Things did get a lot better in my teenage years, though, with her. All of a sudden, she seemed to have dealt with some of her issues, and she was no longer as angry. Up until I was in third grade, my dad and I lived in a rough part of Milwaukee, When I was five years old, I saw someone get shot in the head. 
My babysitter took me to the mall to get my pictures professionally taken for a Father's Day gift for my dad. While I was getting my pictures taken, my photographer kept getting harassed from what I think was an ex-boyfriend, begging her to go out to dinner with him, and she kept refusing. When we were done with my pictures, my babysitter and I were in the waiting room for a while when she asked me to peek in the other room to see how much longer it would be before the pictures were going to be ready for us to take home. And just as I peeked into the room, that's when he shot her. All I remember is everyone running and screaming. Shortly after that, our house was robbed. Thankfully, we weren't home at the time, though. Despite all of this, I was a pretty good kid. I didn't get into any trouble or anything like that. Um, I did struggle a bit in school with not being able to focus, and my grades weren't always great. And I've always suffered from terrible anxiety. I thought I was just born with it. Even as an adult, I thought people are just born with anxiety. Um, It wasn't until I started therapy about a year ago that I learned that it stems mostly from my childhood and that I have childhood PTSD and generalized anxiety. And all of that reared its ugly head after I had kids. It's weird, but (laughs) (laughs) after I had kids, it all just reared its head. So fast forward, I graduated high school, worked and moved into my very own apartment when I was 22. Um, I met my husband at 24, got married at 29, and we have two beautiful daughters and they are four and seven years old. And I'm truly so thankful for my husband. He is absolutely my rock and is just the best daddy and husband. I don't know where I'd be today without him. Okay, so now to get to the part where my whole NPE journey begins. So December of 2021, I decided that I wanted to get a DNA kit to learn more about my family, um, specifically my mom's side, as her mom gave her up when she was only seven months old and her father passed when she was 12. So I only knew limited information. Um, All I knew is that she was Polish and Lithuanian, and that was it. I've always been super interested in family history, and I knew all about my dad's side and even had a book dating back to the 1800s with family history. My 23andMe DNA results came in on January 23rd of last year. The first thing I noticed was that it told me that I had a close relative, an aunt named Kristen. The first thing that ran into my mind was that she had to be a sister of my mom, and maybe she never knew of her. I knew my dad certainly didn't have a sister by that name. So I messaged this Kristen stating, cool, we're related and you're my aunt, and you must be related to my mom. And as I was waiting to hear back from her, I did some more digging and looked at the pretty little colorful chart on where it shows the breakdown of your heritage. I was shocked, completely shocked. There was no Irish like my dad was, and very little German. My dad was mostly German. His dad, my grandpa, used to even joke with me that I couldn't be German as I didn't like to drink beer. Little did we know. Instead, I was 25% Italian. I looked at my closer match with Kristen and it said that we shared the same DNA that was passed down from my two grandparents, her parents. I was absolutely confused at this, and I thought it was completely wrong. They messed up my DNA results. Great, I thought. So I turned around and ordered another kit from Ancestry DNA immediately. When those results came back, they linked me to the same family, only this time it showed me that I had two first cousins and an uncle. All were on my parental side. I was just in such disbelief. I called my mom and told her what I had found out. At first she denied, of course, like they all do, but then later confessed that she had a one-night stand while she was married with my dad with a man who lived above a bar in Milwaukee. A couple weeks later, she found out that she was pregnant with me, 
but just assumed in her mind that I was my dad's and not this other man's child. While I was disappointed in her, I told her that I wasn't mad at her. I mean, honestly, what would the point of being mad about something that happened almost 40 years ago do for me? Um, Disappointed? Yes. Mad? No. My dad was very much a bar guy and a guy's guy, so he spent a lot of time at the bar, and my mom was lonely a lot of times. I was talking with a friend who used DNA angels to help her sort out her results. She recommended that I reach out to them, and so I did. They were really, really fast with figuring it out. Like, they had everything figured out in less than a few hours. I was completely shocked. I thought it was going to take longer than that. After I got the names of my family members, I started to, of course, go down, go look them up on Facebook. I found the Aunt Kristen that I matched with on 23andMe and decided to send her a message on there since I never heard back from when I reached out to her on the DNA site. I just simply explained to her what I found out from my mom and that I was wondering if one of her brothers might be my bio dad. Well, of course, she never responded. So I moved on to what I thought might be either a half-cousin, or I'm sorry, a half-sister or a cousin, depending on who her father was. I messaged her next on Facebook. I pretty much just copied and pasted the same message to her that I did to Aunt Kristen. She responded back a short time later with only a few words. My dad? Question mark, question mark. I responded back to her that I didn't know which of her brothers it would be. She then responded with, well, my dad was the only one who lived above a bar. My heart sank. I'm like, oh my gosh, her dad is most likely my bio dad. We exchanged some information and decided to meet up in person at a coffee shop about two months later to go over my DNA results. And she only lives about 45 minutes from me. Her dad is one of four brothers. Off the bat, two were eliminated at being a possibility, one of which came back as my uncle and the other brother's son came back as a first cousin. This would only leave either my half-sister's dad as my bio dad or the other brother who's lived out in California since right after high school and has visited, hasn't visited much here. It was pretty obvious that it was going to be her dad. She and I also clicked immediately. It wasn't awkward, and we ended up talking for three and a half hours. It was like I'd known her my whole life. After talking, we decided that I should write to her dad and let him know what I found out. When I found out his address online, I was again shocked. We live on the same street, only 10 minutes away from one another. I could have easily walked past him in a local grocery store. I handwrote him a four-page letter and included some pictures. I wanted to keep the pictures simple, so I included a couple pictures of my DNA results, one family picture of me, my husband, and two daughters, and one picture of my mom holding me on her lap when I was about six months old as to show how she would have looked at the time that he met her. I mailed the letter to him in the very beginning of last July. Weeks went by, and I didn't hear anything from him. I periodically talked to my half-sister during this time, and he made no comments to her about my letter. She doesn't want to bring anything up to him because she doesn't feel it's her place. At this point, I'm beginning to wonder if he even received it or if it even made it to his house. Finally, at the end of August, I get an email from him. It was a very short email that I received. In my letter to him, I asked for medical info, which he provided in the email, and all he said outside of that was that he was shocked at the news. But that was pretty much it. I was kind of disappointed. I responded uh, to his email a few days later, just thanking him for the medical information and for responding to me. Then I got an email from him a couple weeks later that said, I was thinking about our situation, and I think it's time we meet. If you're interested, let me know.
a week later, we ended up meeting at this bar and restaurant close to where we both live. I have never been so nervous to meet a stranger before. I was asking people what I should wear, how I should do my hair, should I wear my glasses or should I not? It was almost like going on a blind date. We met and it was wonderful. We talked for two and a half hours. Um, and I now know where I get my love for chicken wings from. Um, we had, And we asked, also ordered the exact same meal, too. I asked him if his one brother that lives in California, if he ever stayed the night at his apartment above the bar. He stated no. I asked him what his thoughts were on taking a DNA test, but he said with everything that I provided, there was no need to. As of today, my bio dad and I keep in contact. We have seen each other a few times. Um, he's kind of got a lot of serious health issues going on right now, so it's hard to get together at the moment. But I do feel extremely fortunate to have been able to find and meet him, um, start building a relationship with him and my half-sister, because I know that's not always the case for a lot of people. And, you know, as a parent myself, I just, I could never imagine how someone would not want to meet their child, no matter how old they are. I just, I just don't know how family can just say they don't want to meet their kid or their newfound niece or nephew or, you know, just breaks my heart. So um, that's my story. Oh, is it just your half sister? You have just one sibling? Um, So I have a half brother as well, but I have not met him at all. He's kind of going through some things. He lost his daughter in a tragic car accident recently. So he's kind of not in the headspace, I don't think, to really want to meet. And he knows of he knows of your existence. Yes. My bio dad told all of his brothers, his sister, and his two kids about me. Um, and I should also add, too, that my dad, who raised me, passed away in 2019. So he did not know. I know he didn't know or suspected anything. And honestly, even if I I don't think I would have ever told him, even if he was alive, because it would have just broke his heart. Oh, yeah, I have heard that before. Yeah. And how yeah. and how about this therapy that you started a yeah. year ago? I, mm-hmm. I know I've tried a few different forms of of therapy myself over the last well since finding out my NPE. Um I think I've tried CBT and EMDR. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, there's a few different ones. Have you found that? Have you found that helpful? So I started off with doing talk therapy for a while, and then I just kind of felt like I've got a lot of underlying, like I've got to deal with like my childhood issues, and like talking about it really isn't. I felt like wasn't helping me. So I did some research, and then I recently, in the last month or month and a half, started EMDR. Mm. So. Yeah. That's really hard. <laughs> it, it's it's hard. It's yes, especially it's like, do I want to go to that place and retalk about this this thing that I don't want to talk? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And to, and to talk about it for a while too. It's you know, it, you're stuck on that particular moment for a while, and you know, but you know, I I want to do it because you know, my mom had a lot of issues that she never dealt with. Granted, therapy wasn't a thing back then. Um, just like when I saw someone get shot at five therapy in the late eighties, wasn't a thing either, but I want to deal with, you know, my trauma. So that way I'm better for my kids, you know? Oh, completely state that. It's like, once you are a mom and you have kids, you're like, okay, now I need to fix this. I need, yeah. I need yeah. for my children's sake, I need to get a handle on this. You know, and I always, like I said, in my um, story, I've always had anxiety, but I feel like I got 
tenfold after having kids. And so I don't know if that triggered something or not, but I was like, okay, we got to figure this out. Yes. Oh, completely. Oh my gosh. So you've, you're relatively new. You found out what, 2021? Um, so I got my results January of 22. So last January. Oh, okay. Yeah. That still feels very recent. Yeah. And there's even still, I'm, I feel like I'm in a better place with it. Um, now that I've had some time to process, um, I still, I woke up at like four this morning and I was like, is this really real? Like, really? Like, that's my, that's my dad. My, my dad wasn't my bio dad. Like I'm really Italian and I'm not German. And like, it's just, sometimes you just, it's like so surreal. It's just, it, it just, it just boggles your mind. That is so the word surreal. Just yeah. Is this, did this really happen? Is yeah. Sometimes I think like, I just dreamt all that. That's not real. <laughs> then I look at my results and I'm like, okay, it's real. <laughs> yep. I just reopened my results. Um, my DNA matches yesterday. I, you know, I hadn't logged into Ancestry in a while and every so often they change things and add new things. And, and I was just playing around in it. And I realized um, yesterday was my four year I guess they kind of call it your like NPE rebirth day. It was oh, four, wow. four years from the date that I found out. And wow. every year was just so um, hard. And then I actually almost missed it yesterday. I was, oh, wow. I don't know if it, I was like, okay, is four years mean it's getting better? I, yeah. <laughs> maybe it does. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't know. I, like I said, I'm so thankful that, um, you know, BioDad is wanting a, to build a relationship I I don't know how I would handle if he didn't, you know, it's, that's really hard. That's really tough. So I think I might be in a better mind state because I know that I've got to meet him a couple times and, you know, that is, I don't get to see him as much as I want and he's not really great at communication, but I do get to talk to him every now and then. And at least that's better than nothing. How does your mom, are you able to talk with your mom about the fact you now have a relationship going with your birth father? She does not know that I met him. She knows that we communicated via email a couple times, but I'm like, you know what? You kept this from me for 38 years when I found out this is my story now. And what I talk to with him or what I, when I see him, that's me and him, you know, you don't really need to know about it. So I, I don't really mention it when she asks me, I'm just pretty like vague, like, Oh yeah, I've talked to him or yeah, I've emailed him. But she doesn't need to know. Otherwise she'll be asking me every day. Like, did you talk to him? Did you talk to him? What did he say? Yeah. Like, you don't need to be involved in this anymore. Yeah. It's, it's yours now. Now that it's not a secret, this is, this is your story now and your, your journey. Unfortunately, I'm at a tough spot because my mom is very ashamed of what happened. And so she does not want me to tell any of my family or anybody. And I have told a couple of my close cousins that I'm with, kind of what happened, but I have not told really any other family, but I do have a few friends that know about it too. But obviously if you don't go through it, they kind of chuck it up, like not a big deal. And it's like, yeah, this completely, you don't know who half of you is now. Like that's a huge, huge thing. That's really hard when the moms ask you to continue this secret because it's, it's not just their life anymore. It's yours. Yeah. When you're don't feel you can talk about it with half your family members. Yeah, it is. And like, um, he got really sick actually last week. He's got cancer right now. And, um, 
he caught a, an infection. So he was, he's been in the ICU for a week now. Um, he's much better. He actually ended up on a ventilator. And so my half sister texted me saying, come visit him. You know, this might be it. And so I did, I got to spend an hour and a half with him, um, last week, just him and I, I don't know that he knew I was there. I don't know that he was very, you know, Mm -hmm. conscious, but, um, at least I got to go see him, but now he's, he's still in the ICU, but he's off the ventilator now. And, um, I, my husband is supposed to meet him the next time we get together. Um, not sure what I'm going to tell my girls yet. Cause my girls, um, my youngest was only five months old when my dad passed, but my oldest who's seven, you know, that my dad is grandpa and she remembers him. And I don't want to taint that, you know, like I want her to always know that my dad is her grandpa, but at the same time, this man is my bio dad too. So it's, it's just kind of a sticky situation. Mm. And they're so little, they don't, they're not going to understand anyways, you know? Mm. Oh, I'm so sorry. So. I didn't realize he was sick right now. Oh, that's so much stress. Yeah. Yeah. He seems like he might be getting better, so that's good. Okay. And now I know you said that you have used the this podcast, NPE Stories, as a resource. Mm-hmm. Have you found anything else um, helpful or anything else that you can really identify with in the NPE world? Um, well, I am on an NPE um, Facebook page. Um, I think it's new, NPE Stories New to Dis... Oh, what is it? I'll have to look at my phone. Something about after discovery or newly... Oh, yeah. After the discovery. I yes, think it's yes. a Facebook mm-hmm. group. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm on that one. Oh, are you? Yeah. Yes. I, you know, it's so funny. A lot of people that find their biological family say, oh, I never fit in before. Now I look like so-and-so and so-and-so. But I'm like, oh, this family is very Italian looking and I don't look at any Italian. <laughs> like, So I posted a couple side-by-side pictures of my bio dad and me and I'm like, do you guys see anything? Please tell me you see something. <laughs> So <laughs> it's yeah. it, it was helpful, <laughs> um, but really, uh, just honestly, this podcast and the Facebook page has been really, really helpful. I mean, honestly, the stories that I you've had on are just—it's like, oh, I'm not the only one. Okay, yep, nodding heads is what you always say. Yes. So yeah, oh my very gosh. true. And I've been nodding along with this. I will link the Facebook group you're referring to after the discovery. Um, I'll also link DNA angels. Yep. Uh, They're so helpful to so many people. Yeah. I mean, I was just writing um, Kelly Grace, one of the founding members of DNA angels. She found a picture of my birth father when he was 14 and because oh I, I'm not in contact with my birth father, but I'm like, yeah. I still want to see a picture of him he where he's not pictures. 74 years old. And yeah. yeah, just they're, they're amazing what they do as oh. a free, free and it's nice, Even if you're not in contact with them, just to have some sort of picture of him to know what he looks like. Yeah. When you just look at a picture of a, a gray haired man, it's really hard to find the similarity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, Stacy, if people wanted to reach out to you, could they do that? Oh, absolutely. Okay. What is the best way to contact you? Um, I can be reached via email, and that's my first name, Stacy S-T-A-C-E-Y, and then Lee, L-E-I-G-H-1, at yahoo.com. All right. And I will put that link um, 
with your email address in the show description as well. Okay. And Stacy, thank you so much for coming on here today yeah. and sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate you and, and what you do for us. So thank you so much. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us. Thank you.